So we're in a series called Relationships in Uncertain Times. And uh, I'm going to get to the sermon on expectations. I already have it finished. It was going to be last week, um, but then we talked about injustice. And uh, then it was going to be this week and yesterday, uh, which rarely happens. God just said, yeah, you're going to do something totally different. And so I said, okay, because why argue with him? Um, And uh, so here's what I want to talk about this morning. America... One of the fuels of America is fear. It's embedded into our culture. We're scared of not being able to retire. We're scared of being single. We're scared of being married. We're scared of all these different things. We have so many phobias, so many things that, um, um, that we're scared of. There's a, there's literally, I had them, I was going to bring them, I had them written down, I don't know, no, you don't have them there, Michelle, but it might be on my desk, but um, I wrote down like 15 phobias that are real phobias, okay? Like, papaphobia is the fear of the Pope. Did you know there was a fear, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you have that, I don't know, but could you imagine being I mean, that's your thing. There's uh, one, um, I think it's uh, pediophobia. It's the fear of children, which I actually have. And so there's that. Um, there's a fear, there's, there's phobophobia, is the fear of fears, okay? So these, these, are, these are real things. There's arachnophobia, which is the fear of bad movies. Uh, there is, um, uh, uh, there's another one. Oh, ba- uh, zoo. Zoophobia, which you'd think would be the fear of zoos, but it's the fear of animals. I don't know why they call it zoophobia, because all the animals are behind cages, so you shouldn't be fearful at all, but apparently that's one. Um, There's a fear of teenagers. Yes, there is, and I have it, and so do most teenagers. And so we just have all these different fears, these different things that we, we obsess about. And, and now with social media and with information, we have access to the worst news you could possibly get at any time. So about a, uh, a decade ago, and just I'm not preaching at you if you watch the news, okay? I just, about a decade ago, I did a, um, uh, I, I, I had a fast. I did like a 40-day fast. Oh, you're, you're awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate that. Hold on one second. I'll make sure I sanitize my hands. Um, yeah, so some of these, yeah, this is, oh, yeah. So, uh, ephebophobia is the fear of teenagers. And then there's a pteridophobia, and that's the fear of ferns. <laughs> okay. There's podophobia, that's the fear of feet. So, You'll, if you have that, just switch to the metric system. You'll be fine. Um, oh, this one. This is the one I wanted to remember. Electorophobia, which you'd think is the fear of elections, which I actually do have. But it's, it's the fear of chickens, which I also have. So it's just, it's just amazing. But, you know, I joke around, but um, our whole culture is designed around fear. Uh, the news, whichever side you're on, it's all about gaining information of what should I be scared of with one side or the other? Or what should I be scared of? What's the next thing? You know, you, 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 you've probably, uh, you know, heard the joke about the news. It's like, you know, 
the, the end of the world will be at 9 p.m., you know, news at 11. And, and so it's like this just perpetual fear, fear, fear. Everything's fearful. Well, so one, one day, uh, I was eight years old around that time, and I, I called my brother yesterday, and he said I could tell this story. Uh, not the way I'm going to tell it now, but, uh, and so I was eight years old. My parents had this great idea to, to have my brother watch babysit me, okay? And uh, so they go out, and I know my dad's watching right now, so uh, I'm not making fun of you, dad. Uh, so they go out, and my brother is, we're in the living room, and we had this big house in New Jersey, and it was old, and it, everything creaked, and, it, and, and so my brother says to me, uh, did you hear that? And I'm like, what? Now, you have to understand, my brother's seven years older than me, and so I idolized him. Like, so if I was eight, he was 15, and so it was like cool, you know? And so he goes, I said, what? He's like, did you, did you hear that? There's a man upstairs. And I'm like, oh, man. He's like, we got, we got to do something. We got to do something. And so... Um, so I went, so our house was, we had this other attachment to the house that we called the mud shed. And that's where if you came in from the snow or whatever, you'd take off all your boots in the mud shed. You, you wouldn't bring them into the house. And in the mud shed, we also had all of my weapons. Um, so I picked the wiffle ball bat up, which was the weapon of choice at the time. And I came out of the mud shed and you had to walk up the stairs to get to where this man was. And uh, so I had my, and my brother's behind me, right? So I have my wiffle ball bat. And when you're a kid in a creaky house, you learn where all the creeks are so that you can sneak around without being uh, creaky. And so, you know, you, you'd, you'd walk up the stairs like two, two on the left, and then you'd like jump over to the right for one step. You, maybe you'd skip a step because that creaks everywhere. And we get to the top of the stairs and he says, He's in Ellen's room. That's my sister. I don't know where she was at the time. Probably in the living room going, you guys are idiots. But um, so I, we get to the top of the stairs and I have my bat. And he says, you're going to have to go in, into Ellen's room. So again, I'm eight. I'm stupid. And so I, I jump in the room, okay? And I close my eyes. And I swing. I'll tell you what happens uh, later after we look at the Bible. Because we do have to get to the Bible. And I'll tell you exactly what happened uh, as I end that story. But here's what was going on. We're going to be in the book of Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus is doing awesome ministry, right? And, and there's just more and more crowds, more and more crowds. And one of the things you'll know about Jesus is that uh, with the relationship he had with his heavenly father, he would often just need to get away so that he could refuel and uh, so it says this, that when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. So it's late, and he's like, we need to get out of here. We have more uh, business to do on the other side. And then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Now, when you follow Jesus, there will be times where he tells you to get into a boat that you weren't expecting to get in at a time you were not expecting to get in. But what I find interesting, he got in the boat first. 
Jesus got in the boat and his disciples followed him. Jesus didn't go, you guys get in the boat and I'll meet you on the other side. He did that one time uh, and that's when he walked on water to go out to them again. But this one, he gets in the boat first. And uh, so that's what happens. And then the Bible goes on and it says this. Without warning. Without warning. Here's the problem with our culture. We have this desire to gain all this information. And because we think if we're armed with information, it'll allow us to avoid difficulty, to avoid conflict, to create a world around us that is safe. But life is without warning. So I, I mentioned that I, I, a decade ago, I stopped watching the news, stopped reading the newspapers, um, stop listen. I sometimes will listen to NPR at times or whatever, get my news. Um, but it was a fast. It was like, a, like we were doing a 40-day fast. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll fast the news. I'll fast. I basically was fasting information, like current information. And at the end of the fast, like in most fasts, you realize, ah, I probably don't need that. And so for the last decade or so, I haven't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> now, the cool thing is, and this is really cool because my friends are watching this too, I have friends on both sides of the aisle. So I get this odd filter of news, one in my right ear and one in my left ear about what's, what's going on. And both are like, adamantly correct and that's fine but that's how kind of I get my news so people will call me and say hey did you I know you didn't see this but did you know you know whatever and so I, I go through this whole thing now I'm not blaming you if you watch the news you can watch all the news you want I just don't have the mental space it's not good for my mental health and so I've just kind of just kind of set it aside and what I found is that in never one case were any of the problems in my life warned about? Without warning, my son gets diagnosed with epilepsy. Without warning, the stock market goes and my 401k like loses 33%. Without warning, like and just insert it here and it might be different for you. Without warning, she walks out or he walks out. Or without warning, they ran a red light. Or without warning, I mean this is, without warning is life. That's what it is. And so, because we have this addiction to fear, this addiction to um, wanting to know everything that's going to happen, and what, what happens if this person gets elected, or that person gets elected, or, I mean, without warning, all of a sudden, I, start, I have to learn how to preach to a camera, I, like, without warning, I, I just, the, the sanctuary's empty. Without warning, I don't have to pay 10 cents a plastic bag now which is fantastic. That's a California joke, by the way, just in case you're watching in another state. But we used to have to pay 10 cents a bag. Now we don't have to. So without, without warning, I could drive to my parents' house in Pasadena at 5 o'clock at night, and it only takes me 35 minutes. It would normally take me like an hour and 20 minutes. Without warning. Life happens without warning, and there's nothing we can learn and nothing we can fear that's going to change those things in our life that happen without warning. And some of them are very, very serious. I understand that. And so, without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake. 
so that the waves swept over the boat. This is a serious deal, okay? This is a very serious deal. They're out in that there's no Coast Guard, there's no radio ahead, there's no lighthouse, there's nothing. It's just them in a boat and it's getting bad. Sails are probably gone. Uh, the thing's going up and down. You got people bailing water, doing all that kind of stuff. Without warning, this furious storm came up. There was nothing they could have known. Maybe they could have watched the weather channel and they could have kind of figured out the storm, but uh, there was nothing that they could have known possibly to avoid this. Jesus told them to get into a boat and he went in the boat first and they followed him into the boat and this is where they find him. <laughs> but Jesus was sleeping. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? When you're going through something? without warning like where's Jesus like he could he could fix all this like he could just stop it you know I joke I say he could do an I dream a genie and all of a sudden every, everything's fine but Jesus is sleeping and so you have to ask yourself what well, is Jesus comfortable with our discomfort and again, I realize what I'm saying, that there are some things that are very, very, very important. And you're like, well, there should be a sliding scale. But he can be comfortable with our discomfort. He can be comfortable with us going through some things that we didn't actually expect to go through. Because he has a different perspective of life, of our lives. He has a different perspective of, of, of how things go. He doesn't watch things and go, I really wish I had that. Or I really wish people would, you know, give me a hundred likes on my post. He's just not the way he thinks. He doesn't think in those terms. He thinks in terms of what are you going through now and how can the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven? How am I doing being the best Jesus I can be in whatever storm suddenly, without warning, arises and they will come and so the disciples display their fear they say they went and woke him saying lord save us we're going to drown because that's what we do in our fear our fear cripples us there was only one outcome for them they were going to drown Maybe they were. I don't know if they were overreacting. Maybe, you know, maybe that's the way it was going. But that was the only thing on the forefront of their mind was the fear of, of drowning. And I, I have that fear too, just so we're clear. I have most of them, okay? Um, and so uh, he says, we're, they say we're going to drown. So what's, ended up, what's ending up happening is that what they're essentially saying is, you brought us out here to die, wake up, and do something to fix it. And this is what fear does. Fear cripples our relationships. So we're in the series called Relationships. Fear cripples them. It could be, it could be the fear of who's going to be the next president. And all of a sudden, you're friends with someone, and now they're on the other side, and now that fear, that fear of who's going to be president now disrupts the relationship that you have with somebody who possibly could think different than you. If you have racial fear, it's going to cripple your relationships with people from other races. If you have uh, this, uh, socioeconomic fear, you're, you're scared of like, keeping all your stuff to yourself and you don't want to lose anything, it's going to cripple your relationships with people who might need a helping hand. 
Fear cripples our relationships. And so Jesus asked this question, and this is the question I want you to ask yourself all week long. You of little faith, which kind of seems like a cheap shot, actually, because there was a storm. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why are we, as Americans, so afraid of everything? We're afraid of being misunderstood. We're afraid of not having our life leave a legacy. We're afraid of not being able to retire. We're afraid of, uh, you know, who's, who's in power. We're afraid of all these different things. Why? Like, what I appreciate about this question is that you have to answer it. You have to answer the question, why are you so afraid? Well, John, because these are serious issues. Totally. I, I totally get it. We've gone through an entire history of the world with, with big issues. How, how does it affect my relationship with my Savior? Because here's what happens to me. Why am I so afraid? Because I don't trust Jesus. I'm afraid because I think I need to be in control, and I'm not in control, never have been and never will be in control. But I don't trust that Jesus is going to make my life as safe as I want it to be. That's why I'm afraid. I'm afraid he's not going to perform for me. Why am I so afraid? I'm afraid because I have my eyes set on the things of the world, not on the things above. That's why I get afraid. You say, John, there's... And so, so we just follow it through. So like... Um, without warning, a storm comes and you're diagnosed with something. So let's, well, I'm diagnosed with cancer, we'll say. Okay, why are you afraid? Well, duh, I have cancer. Okay, f fair. So then what? Well, then I gotta go through all the treatments. Okay, you go through all the treatments. Well, what if they don't work? Uh, oh, fair. Then what? Well, what if I pass? Okay, then what? Well, my kids are going to be sad. I mean, they're going to be really, really sad. Um, okay, then what? Uh, well, then I'm with Jesus. Okay. Yeah, but, the, but I'm not here for them. So how long, what is it, 70 years that they're going to join you? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. It's 70 years, 70 sad years for them. But then you're with the Lord. Why are you so afraid? And process through it. You're like, well, I'm afraid for America, you know, for, you know, racial injustice. Totally. Go, go get it. I mean, go get it. We, I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, it shouldn't bring fear. It should, it should bring wholeness of, look, if I spend the rest of my life fighting injustice, that's what I do. But it's not, it shouldn't bring fear. Why are you so afraid is what Jesus is asking. People of God don't operate in fear. That's our culture. Now, we have a fear of the Lord, which is completely different. We're not scared of him. We're scared of missing out on all that he has for us. So here's what he does. He gets up. He rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. 
it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, and this is, this is a great question. What kind of man is this? What kind of savior is this? What kind of God is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is it that I serve? What, what, what as, as uh, Michelle was talking, I'm created in the image of God. We all are. But no, no matter what the color of our skin, no matter what our culture is, whatever, I'm created in the image of God. What, what kind of God is that? He's a God of justice. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's a God of grace. He's a God of strength. He's a God of joy. That's the God I serve. If God is for me, who can be against me? What, what can, even Jesus said this, don't, don't be scared of man that can just kill you. Be scared of the one who, not scared, but just think about the one who has like your soul in his hands. Right? See, once we, once we change our perspective, and again, I'll say this one last time, if you are all about the news and you like it, f- bless you, that, that's fine, okay? But if it's initiating fear, then there's something wrong. It's like eating pie. There's nothing wrong with pie. But if you just, that's your steady diet, it's going to have an impact on you. That just came to me, just right off the top of my head. So I don't even know if that lands right. I hadn't practiced that one, but... But what kind of man is this? Like, if I really serve Jesus, what in the world could possibly make me scared that I could possibly fear? Now, we're going to switch from Matthew, and we're going to switch over to John. The book is called 1 John, and it's, um, it's uh, John was in the boat. <laughs> John was in the boat at the time. Here's what he says. I really hope you get this because it, it's just a perspective verse. We know that we live in him and he in us. Okay, already that's mind-blowing because he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. So what, what John is saying is this, this is the perspective I view everything. I know that I live in him and he lives in me and he's given me the Holy Spirit and I've seen all of I've seen the things that he's done and that he's the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him. Can't again, don't ask me to explain it, and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God, the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love, lives in God, and God in him. It goes on. So I hope you're seeing this perspective, this mind shift of like, okay, let's start with me having a relationship with my heavenly father through Jesus, and let me begin to flip that lens up so that everything I see around me, real issues, real storms, I'm not dismissing them. I'm not saying, oh, you know, just, oh, just forget about that. That's not what I'm saying at all. These are real things, real injustice, real um, uh, socioeconomic issues, real, real heartache, real grief. But it's just putting on another set of lenses as we look through these things. In this way, 
Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. The storms are there, but we can sleep. And then he just makes this incredible statement. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. If you find yourself fearful during these times, it's going to destroy your relationships. So, I told you I'd finish the story. I head through the, <laughs> I head through the door. I close my eyes. I take the wiffle ball bat. I clear my sister's dresser off of all her trinkets and perfumes. And my eyes are closed, so the clattering is like, I'm, I'm having an effect. I'm getting this man. And so that was the first swing. But then I figured, well, then I need to beat him to death this way. And so when I came down, I hit the picture on the wall and broke it, shattered it, and it came crashing down as well. And of course, my brother thinks this is the funniest thing in the world because none of his things were damaged, nor was he frightened at any time. And so he's, he calls me Johnny. So he's like, Johnny, I, I got you. I fooled you, all this stuff. And, um, but, but think about this. Think about this. How many times have we gone into a conversation with a weapon because we were scared? We had to convince this person of my perspective or this thing or I had to you 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 go into a relationship and because I'm scared of how other parents might view my children and that's a reflection on me I use words that try to convince them to act a different way because not because I it's because I I feel I feel scared what if I get judged the fear of being judged it's called uh by the way uh at telephobia, it's the fear of imperfection. And I have that in spades, okay? Um, that's, that's what it is. But like how many times, like if I had just gone like this, imagine if I get back into my eight-year-old brain and I just started asking questions. I just asked myself, why are you afraid? I answered the question. I said, I, you know, hey, I hear a no. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear it. What was it? It's an, it was a noise. There's a man upstairs. How do you know it's a man? Like, it could be a woman upstairs. It could be anything upstairs. It could be the dog or the cat. Like, how do you know from here with a noise that there's a man upstairs? How did he get upstairs? Does he know about step number seven? Because that creaks, and you, we, he, he had to know about that. How did he get in? Maybe he came in through the window. How did he get up there? We don't have any way to climb up onto there. Like, how, like, to begin to slow down and begin to reflect, like, why am I afraid? Oh, I'm afraid because my brother's whipping me up into a state of fear. And every time we're in a state of fear, we have the risk of damaging the relationships around us. We do it on social media. We do it all the time. But perfect love drives out fear. This is a really cool Greek word. So I grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood. And just so you know, like white people don't discipline their kids the same as uh, other cultures. Like 
we tend to like reason with our children, which I've never quite understood. But, um, but so my, the Filipino friends across the street, their parents would put rice down on the ground and they'd have to kneel on the rice and hold their textbooks. And then uh, my Hispanic friends next door, uh, they had a totally different thing. And then there was a Muslim friend, uh, Abraham, and uh, his mom would chase him with a broom and beat him on the top of his head. That's the Greek word for drives out fear. It's to, it's to slap repeatedly. Like perfect love takes fear and says, you have no business being here. Get out, get out, get out, get out. Now imagine if our lives, we were able to drive out fear. Not just avoid it, but drive it out. See, it's easy to say, don't be scared about something, right? Well, what good is that? How does that help? Don't be scared about something. But I think the answer is to take that energy of working ourselves up and to apply it towards getting to know our Savior, to pressing into Jesus, to truly feel his love for us, to truly feel his acceptance of us, to truly feel that, that there's, a, there's an eternal perspective that doesn't matter what is going on in life and to drive out that fear. But what happens if I'll still have my, my Savior? And my job is to have a relationship with him that's so close, but that's the thing that I worry about most. Do I still fight injustice? Of course I do. Do I still make sure I don't hurt myself or harm myself or harm my kids? Of course, you do all those things. That's just having a brain. But when the fear begins to rise up, that's when I have to ask myself, Jesus, what area is it where I'm not trusting in you to figure this out? What area is it in my life where I feel like you're not going to come through? And then I address that. And that perfect love from our Savior, it drives it out. It beats it with a broom and says, you get out of here. As Wilson comes back up, we're going to end with a song. And, um, and then I'm going to come back up here and give us a blessing. And then we're going to have a time of uh, question and answer. So if you're on Facebook Live. You can begin to ask me about all these things. You can, you can push back um, and say, you know, you don't watch the news. You're not a real citizen. I, that's fine. You, we can do all, all that stuff. And we're going to try to continue to do this uh, even when we regather. We'll close the service with a blessing and we'll have our online community and our physical community. Um, we're the same family. Uh, maybe talk through some of these uh, different things. Oh, oh, here's the other thing. If you make it to physical Sunday this Sunday, it's slipper Sunday. I'll explain later, but there has to be like a, you can't just watch in your pajamas for like eight weeks and then be expected to like dress. So you'll get dressed, but you'll, you can wear your slippers if you want to. You can just go, oh, and you can have a cup of coffee uh, if you want to bring that as well. Uh, let, me, let me pray for us. I probably just destroyed the entire sermon in that one thing. Lord Jesus, um, oh, it's so easy to be fearful because we have so many streams of information that just keep bombarding us with things to be scared of. Um, all these different things. But God, your perfect love casts out fear. 
And so God, while we want to be concerned about important things, we cannot be crippled. It's hard to fight injustice when we're crippled. And so I just pray that we would uh, begin to cast that out, that we would begin to see the world through the lens of peace and through the lens that you have, that the perfect love that you have displayed to us would cast out any of our fear. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, just a couple quick announcements. So uh, when we regather uh, next week, I'm so excited, I can't stand it. Um, You'll need to sign up. So there, if you go onto Living Springs website, you click a button and you can just sign up. We're gonna sit as family pods or household pods and, um, and there's no children's ministry yet. And so you can bring them into the sanctuary and we'll do our best to make sure that uh, they, they're taken care of. And, um, and you'll be asked some questions when you come in, like, do you tithe? Do you? No, that's not one of the questions. No, the questions are like if, like if you've been out of state or uh, if you have any symptoms, all that stuff. If you answer yes to anything, we'll you'll just take your temperature. And so we'll have, we'll have thermometers, uh, wear a mask. Um, you wear a mask from your car and to your car and when you sing. But if you're just sitting there listening to the sermon, you don't need to wear a mask. Uh, all staff and volunteers will have masks on at all times. So... Uh, if you have any questions, just let, let, let us know. You have most of my information. So uh, we're looking forward to it. We'll also have the patio opened up with music going out there. So if there's overflow for that, uh, you can go out there too. Go ahead. What? Online. You just click the button. On our website. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, it's our, the whole leadership team is falling apart. Okay, let me pray for us. If you, want, if you want to stand for the blessing, you can. Uh, so now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his peace, in his peace, and in his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.